Would you remain standing for the reading of God's Word? Turn with me to the book of Acts chapter number 8. The book of Acts chapter number 8. I'm going to start reading with verse number 26. You'll also find it in their notes and on the screen. So Acts chapter 8, verse 26. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasure of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Kandak, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was returning, now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk alongside beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before his shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about, say it with me, Jesus. There's three goals that I have for the day for all of us. First off is this, personal scripture engagement or absorption as Mark said. That you personally engage daily, maybe make a vow for the rest of your life that God's word is what you're going to get into every day. Secondly, is community engagement of Scripture. That means talking about God's Word with other people. Numbers and stats and statistics show that people who engage in conversation with other people about God's Word, they, their vitality spiritually and their growth goes up and to the right. And thirdly, is global Scripture engagement. Matter of fact, taking our responsibility to take the good news of Jesus Christ to the far-flung corners of the world and realize that that is my responsibility as a follower of Jesus Christ. And it was the last command that God has given us. Would you hold out your hands? Close your eyes, and I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, give me the faith to hear what you have to say. Give me the ears to listen to what you say. And give me the courage to obey what you say. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Over the past few weeks, we've been talking about how to win. We've been talking about what that looks like. We specifically dove into solitude the first week. After talking about solitude, we um, talked about fasting, then we talked about thinking, and then we talked about resting. And this week, we're going to talk about reading as a spiritual discipline. The stats show that high school graduates, 34% of high school graduates never pick up a book to read again, a, a complete book. 
what's even more staggering is 42% of college graduates never read a complete book again. I read a stat this week that 80% of U.S. families didn't buy one book this past year. And we're talking about any books. We're not talking about just reading the Bible. So how much more, if so few people are reading other books by the numbers, how few of people are actually reading God's Word? Now, from the dictionary, reading is defined as this. It's defined as the skill or activity of getting information from written or printed matter. That's the definition straight from the dictionary. But I've changed this up for our purposes today in regards to spiritual discipline of reading is the skill or activity of getting information from sacred scriptures. So let's just stop and think about scripture for just a moment. Because Jesus talked about it often. What is scriptures? Well, let's define scripture. Scriptures are simply this. It's the sacred writings of Christianity contained in the Bible. So with that in mind, I have some questions for you. First question, are you reading scriptures? The answer that most people throw out is, oh, yes. And you may pick up God's word every once in a while. And on the weekend when you show up to church, you get a little scripture in you. But I'm talking about are you personally engaged in God's word every day? Is it something that drives you, that you find passion and life through? God's word. Most people, the answer would really be no. And I was thinking about Mark because he represents a lot of us when he said, you know, in 1998, at that point in his life, he actually was the founder, starter, owner of a Christian bookstore that was all over America. I have 50 plus Bibles in my own home, he said. Thousands upon thousands of Bibles that he has access to, but he wasn't reading and engaging God's word on a daily basis at all. And he was convicted. And I hope that we now today are convicted for just that, not engaging with God's word. So questions for you. Do you have a plan of scripture reading? A lot of times it just begins with there, just saying, I got a plan. If you don't have a plan, you're going to fail. You got to have a plan to succeed. So it begins with a plan. Secondly, do I have a place to read scripture? Studies have showed that if you have a routine, a place to go, to set, whatever, maybe it's drinking your coffee and you have the scripture, whatever it may be, that it helps facilitate the habit, whatever that may be. We're talking about scripture reading. And thirdly, do you prioritize scripture reading? Is it really the top of your list? Is the first thing that you think about in the morning that drives you every day is scriptures. Jesus would quite often ask this question, what does the scripture say? So when you face something in life, Jesus would say, what does the scripture say? And then they would answer and Jesus said, how do you read the scripture? Because that's very important too. How do you read the scriptures? Now, North Church over the next 65 days is making a commitment to read God's word together as a church family. In your seat, you should have received a bookmark. The bookmark has the very first week of scripture reading. And on the back are some questions, four of them to be exact, that every day as you read that passage of scripture, then you will stop and you will reflect with those questions. And then you will engage those with someone else. Now, why do we pick 65 days? Because stats are showing that for you to develop a routine or a habit, a habit that's ingrained in your life is a little over two months. 
Matter of fact, 65 days. So we're picking 65 days for us to commit to every day reading God's word. Now here's what I hope, that it's not just a to-do list that you just check a box because pastor's asking you to do it. I hope that you feel prompted by the power of the Holy Spirit and you will engage God's word. And when you do, you will also memorize and you will also meditate on, because that's very important. Now, I'm not talking about memorizing all of it. Just take one verse, one verse that you memorize over the next 65 days and you think about and then meditate on what you are reading every day. So are you reading scriptures? Secondly, are you growing in understanding of scriptures? Are you growing in understanding of scripture? I have a gentleman, our church is a neurologist and... Uh, he was in the lobby one day talking to me, and I, he was up asking for an update on my daughter. My daughter, uh, Annabeth, plays college soccer, has had a very traumatic uh, head concussion that has really impacted her life. And so we're talking in the lobby, and he pulls out, you know, his um, computer, and he begins to show me this 3D image of the human brain, which was quite fascinating. And he starts spinning it around and showing me. He said, now we used to think, and he's, he's in this research dealing with concussions. That's what he's doing. He said, we used to think that this part of the brain's logic, this part is your emotion, this part. And he started, and I've heard that before. And he said, what we're realizing, the more we study and know about the brain, really the rest, the, the more we realize what we didn't know about the brain. And I think there's a lot of Christians out there that think they know the Bible because they went to Sunday school class back in the day and they, they saw the, you know, flannel graph and the images up there, or they show up at church on Sunday, but you really haven't given your life to a study of God's word, of digging deep into it and knowing God's word for yourself and finding out the truths and the claims about who Jesus Christ is and how the word of God can impact your growing understanding of scripture. Now, how can you measure that? How can you, let me give you two fantastic ways in how you can measure if you are growing in your understanding of Scripture. First off is the fruit of the Spirit in your life. If the fruit of the Spirit is being multiplied in your life and growing in abundance, you're probably growing in your understanding of Scriptures. And what are the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I don't know about you, but there's a few of those I'm lacking and I need to grow in my understanding of Scripture, right? Come on, there's times I need kindness. I need goodness. I need faithfulness. I need gentleness. I need self-control. As I engage God's Word and get it in me, I will grow in my understanding of those things and I will see more of the fruit of the Spirit. Secondly, way to measure your understanding is growing or not is your love one for another. Jesus said, they will know you're my disciples by your love one for another. So what, how, how does that translate? Come on, can I be kind to all people? Am I welcoming to all people? Do, is there anyone I hold at arm's length in my life? Is anyone I'm not comfortable with? Am I forgiving? Am I merciful? Am I looking to go out of my way to help those in need that are totally different than me? I'm talking about growing and understanding of who Christ is in your life. Growing and understanding. Thirdly is this. Are you talking with others about scriptures? Are you talking with others about scripture? So are you reading scripture? Secondly, are you growing in your understanding of scripture? And thirdly, are you talking with others about scripture? 
uh, it's interesting that the eunuch who has traveled from Ethiopia to Jerusalem, which is at conservative numbers over 1,500 miles in a chariot. He is definitely hungry to get a hold of God. There are a lot of people in the world that are desperately wanting God, but they don't know where to go. He gets a hold of a, the book of Isaiah. He is reading it on the way. So he is reading, and then Philip comes along. Do you understand? He says, how can I? I don't understand all that's going on here. And then he urges Philip to come up in the chariot with him and go on this journey with him and explain to him about the Scripture. Who are you urging to come on a journey with you? Who are you talking with about Scriptures? What men, men, are you engaging God's Word with, verse by verse? Come on, women, who are you gathering with to talk about God's Word? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And there's something about diversity. We got diversity of experiences in our church. We got people from Church of Cross background, people from Nazarene background, people from Baptist background, people from Pentecostal background, Assembly of God background, people from, matter of fact, one time I had people from all of these areas, like the top 10 different denominations stand up, people were standing up, and then I just had a general denominational thing, if you stood up, and then finally I reserved the last was like, if you didn't grow up in church at all and you're like, you call yourself a heathen. And we had more people stand up for that category than any other category. <laughs> you know, I've been giving myself to God's word for years and years and years, but I have found that even when I'm with a newborn babe in Christ who has never been in scripture, when you open up God's word, it is amazing the insight that they have given me into the truth about who God is. Why? Because this book is alive. <laughs> this book is alive. I'm passionate about this because I realized like what Martin and Gary both have said, there's only two things that are going to last forever. It's the word of God who is Christ in your souls. Deuteronomy chapter number six, verse number five. And love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your strength. Jesus added another that, he said, and all your mind. It's interesting to note when Jesus was asked about the great command, he said, everything hinges upon this. Now, it's interesting to note, he says, love the Lord your God. And then this next is very key to this in verse number six. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. In other words, in other words Moses is saying, Jesus is reminded, you must make a vow that you're going to go after this, that this is going to be the top priority in your life is these commands and to love the Lord your God. Look at verse seven. He says, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you go on the road and when you go to bed and when you get up. Think about those optimum times in which you can talk scripture. Get up in the morning, go to bed at night, sitting at home around a table, driving down the road. This past fall, I was in Kenya. I flew from Chicago into London on American Airlines, and then I was getting to a British flight, British Airways, to fly from London into Nairobi, Kenya. We landed in plenty of time, but we sat on the tarmac for an hour and a half. After an all-night flight, we sat on the tarmac. And the clock was ticking because my next flight was about to go. And I was like getting concerned. 
when they finally open the door, I'm rushing out, trying to get down the terminal as fast as I can. I finally get to the British Airways flight, and they had just shut the gate. No more than a minute. I see the plane sitting there, and the plane sets there for another 10 minutes, but I'm just begging the person, please let me on. I don't want to, I, I need to catch this flight. I, I've got to get to Nairobi. I'm speaking. I'm going to be there expecting. And the lady says, I'm sorry, you can't get on. The lady apparently didn't know who I was. <laughs> 10 hours later, they rebooked me on another flight through the Kenyan Airlines. They bumped me up to business class, which I was pleased with that, but I hadn't had any sleep. It's been almost 24 hours. So I was so excited about getting onto the business class because I knew that I'd be able to sleep. And so I'm going to kick back, relax, try to sleep, get some rest because I'm going to hit the ground running when I get to Nairobi. And I'm going to be very busy. I get on the plane, I'm sitting there, and this business guy's sitting next to me who grew up in Nairobi, Kenya, and he starts talking to me. He's talking to me. He will not stop talking to me. I'm trying to be kind to him. I do not want him to know I'm a pastor because then I'd really have to be kind to him. And I'm like, you know, I'm listening, I'm talking, answering his questions. He keeps on. I'm wanting to sleep. And then finally he begins to dig into why I'm in there and what am I doing and what do I do back in the States? And I was trying to push around. And finally he just, he said, are you a pastor? And I'm like, yes, I'm a pastor. And he said, oh, I need to talk to you. And I'm thinking, you've been talking to me. You, I'm just wanting to sleep. And he said, two weeks ago, I had a vision. And he starts describing this vision he has of Jesus. And I'm telling you, folks, I had chills running up and down my spine. Because here's a Muslim man who knows nothing about Jesus, who has a vision of Jesus. And God had had a, a place set on a tarmac for an hour and a half to barely miss my flight so that I could be moved to a Kenyan Airlines and bumped up into business class so that I could sit there and open the scripture and give this man the hope of eternal life. And so we talked for almost three hours of that journey until he got sleepy and went to sleep. And then I couldn't sleep. <laughs> but I was thinking about him. Because there's a whole lot of people that need the Bible around this world. A whole lot of people need the Bible around this world. And they don't have it. Because it's all empty. There's nothing there. It's blank pages. What's even more sad What's tragic is when we have plenty of Bible at availability. It sets in our home. It's on our phones. But yet, it might as well be empty because we don't engage it and we don't absorb it. it just might as well be. But today, I want us to do something different and do something about this. Your personal engagement don't make a vow or a commitment just because I ask you to, or because you feel convicted at the moment. I hope the Holy Spirit touched your heart. Because that'll be the difference maker 
and you'll make a commitment, a vow like Mark did, said, I'm going to go after God's word the rest of my life. Secondly, that you'll begin to talk it through with other people and watch your life and others that you're talking to grow up into the right. And thirdly, assume your role and responsibility as a follower of Jesus Christ to go into all the world. It's the last thing Jesus said and to preach this good news. And so you can fill out this card. Ask God. Ask God. You ask him, you're going to be, you're going to be doing something today. Ask him. Fill this out. You can turn it in. You can go out into the lobby and you can sign your name on verse. Let's fill them up today before you leave. For some of you, God's going to speak some big numbers. Obey him. For some of you, you may have to pay it out over a few months. Go ahead. For some of you right now, God's speaking to you. Father, we thank you. Do your thing, Holy Spirit. I need your word, Lord, and our people do. Your word became flesh and walked among us, who's Jesus. May that word burn in us. May we hear you today and obey you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the North Church Podcast. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered by the Word of God. For more information about North Church, check out our website at north.church. There you can view more messages and join us for experiences live online. You can also subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great week and remember to love God, love people, and follow Jesus.